let's just start there. Let's start at the beginning, Kyle. Shoot, dude. Okay. We're talking about what today? Life? Sure. At the beginning? In the beginning, there was the Alpha and the Omega. <laughs> We're recording, so <laughs> go for it. This, wait, this, wait a minute. This is a podcast. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's called Recovered as Fuck. There are some things you need to know. If you've never listened to this, or even if you have, there are some things you need to know before we start. What are those things? We may or may not actually talk about recovery, first of all. Okay. Okay. Secondly, secondly, if we do talk about recovery, like we've all recovered as a result of the taking the 12 steps as their, you know, that's how we, we, we had spiritual experiences because we took, we took the 12 steps. But, and if so, if you're listening, you might think, oh, these fucking guys then they must be some sort of gurus or they must know what they're talking about or be aficionados or maybe even represent 12-step groups. That's what you might think. Right. One might think that because we talk about it. So. Yeah, but they'd be wrong. They're, they're wrong. Okay. In every one of those scenarios. We don't know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're not aficionados. Okay. We're clearly not gurus. Are we representatives? Fuck no. What about spokespeople? Not. We're none of those things. So what are we? I have no idea. We're just a podcast. All right. Yeah. We're a standalone podcast. What's the name of this podcast? Recovered as Recovered AF. Recovered as fuck. All right. Yeah. And so basically when you say that, we're free to talk about whatever then? Yeah, we can talk about whatever we want. Because so like when we're doing our 12-step thing, well, anything outside of that's an outside issue. And we don't talk about that. Mm. But this isn't that. So I can talk about whatever I want. So what do you want to talk about? Well, I've got my keto sponsor here with me today. Yeah? Yeah, that's right. Your keto sponsor? Yeah, I have a keto sponsor, and he's here with me today. What's his name? His name is our mutual friend. Okay. (laughs) It's Jeff, too, or you have a nickname for him, too, right? El Chapo? El Chapo. El Jefe? Yep. Jeffrey. I call him Jeffrey most of the time. Have you ever seen... um, but not Geoffrey. No. Have you ever seen uh, that that movie <laughs> with uh, Russell Brand in it? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, when they have the... And they do the Jeffrey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I call him Jeffrey. That, there's a Dirty dirty Head song that... Jeff, feel, feel free to chime in whenever <laughs> There's a Dirty Head song that says, uh, first time we met, I was tripping balls, Jeffrey shit when I touched these walls. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. dude. So what's up, Jeffrey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just enjoying the banter. Yeah, dude. Jeffrey, not on the Jeffrey. Jeffrey has been on the podcast a few times now. Once that never went to once one never made it to market. Yeah, we tried to do a, a traditions talk, and I forgot to plug something in. So, <laughs> so we did an hour podcast and then listened back, and it was all fucked up. So, Unfortunately, well, there wasn't really much of a podcast yeah. to listen to was there yeah i think it was just all echoed because there's it still picked up sound just not direct yeah, yeah. So. it was the microphone on the laptop that was picking up sound yeah. rather than it was pretty funny though um and like i forgot to plug in something more than one thing today but unfortunately in that situation that was one thing we couldn't forget to plug in yeah but uh jeff's microphone may or may not be plugged in 
I yep. think it's working now. I think it would be better for the health of the podcast <laughs> if the microphone was not plugged in. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey. Uh, but yeah, so Jeff Jeff was on one originally where he talked about him as being the international man of mystery because he traveled the world for a couple of years. That was on the 4th of July Yeah, when he made his homecoming to it's, America. Exactly. To the American way. And then he's been on it with... America. With, <laughs> I don't think it was a step exploration, but a rectangle. Rectangle, him and Jason. Yeah, a rectangle. <laughs> a rectangle. A table? A rectangle? Rectangle. <laughs> Table that resembles a rectangle. There you go. Because we were going to do a round table, but that would be dishonest as fuck. This table's a rectangle shape. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, so Jeff's been on it a few times. Yeah. Jeff was also supposed to be on it last week. He yeah, didn't know that until the- Saturday <laughs> when I texted him and said, hey, do you want to be on it? For our 50th episode extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't there, so then we released that fucking nail biter of one yeah although jeff said he liked it i actually thought it was pretty good you guys talked about some traditions in a way that like you were able to relay them to real world situations yeah hey thanks yeah i thought it was enjoyable i haven't listened to it but maybe i will i have not i listen to the ones with guests most of the time yeah just so i can get better at asking questions that's right have you guys not had any feedback on it other than me nope we don't have no. any feedback on any of them. Oh, okay. No, we get lots of feedback. Just nope. not on yeah, the... There was the the football-baseball feedback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was hilarious. I enjoyed yeah. that feedback. Yeah. Aaron's cousin texted us and said, <laughs> hey. Yeah, and she's an idiot because that was a real <laughs> nail-bite of a World Series now, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty lame, though. Game seven. Does anyone really care about the Nationals and the Astros? <laughs> Well, I watched it. I don't really care. I watched till the fifth inning. But Strasburg, who you said was a bum, was the uh, World Series MVP. Which I don't understand. Probably because you're an idiot. How did Juan <laughs> Soto not win MVP, hit three home runs, and knocked in like nine RBIs? Because How is that guy not the MVP? Because he behaves like a real asshole on the diamond, and writers don't like that, or whoever votes for MVP. Well, they're wrong. Act right. Just like you are most of the time. Act right. That's what I'm saying. So what are we shooting about today, man? Um, I thought we were going to talk about that keto life. You're just, sure, dude. You're Why just, do you have a keto sponsor for? You're just not in on this one. That's fine. I don't care. Okay. I'm interested. Why oh. do you have a keto sponsor for? I don't have a keto sponsor. I was just being a Weisenheimer. Oh. But when I have... So this is how it works. Jeff is um, a person that likes to acquire information about something that he's doing. And it works out great for me because I don't have to do any of that legwork. <laughs> you just asked Jeff. Yes. All right. And so when Jeff started ketogenic diet, that was sort of a, why don't you tell us how that started? Because you just, you had sort of, you had done like a, I remember one time you did like a vegetable thing where you were eating like 78 pounds of broccoli a day and uh, it worked and, you know, and it was like, you know, a little bit of success for a little while. But then one day you just woke up, right? And had the thought. How did you even hear about that? Like, that's sort of what I want to know. Oh, is that where you got it, Rogan? I don't know if it was specifically from Rogan. It Kyle, was you at, fucking idiot. It was on some series of podcasts. I don't. Oh, okay. I I can't specifically pinpoint whether it was Rogan or one of the multitude of other podcasts that I listened to, but um, I had heard about it quite a bit in those podcasts, and I never really 
gave it much credit because it sounds very counterintuitive to everything that we've ever been taught in our lifetime about dieting and like how to eat healthy. And yeah, I went through this uh, really dark time in sobriety where I had a lot of health issues coming up. Um, and one day I woke up and realized I couldn't continue living the way I was living. And the thought came like to try this. And as a result, I went and saw a couple doctors. I started doing metabolic blood panels, uh, because it, at least here, <laughs> it's really hard to find a doctor that is on board with the idea of a high fat diet. Um, so my way of kind of transitioning into that was that they would do metabolic blood panels while I was doing it. So I was going in every month for the first like eight months that I did it originally and doing metabolic blood panels and found out that all of the things they said would happen as a result of going on a high fat diet, the opposite happened. Um, so your blood work got better. Yes. Tremendously better. I also like they had diagnosed me as a pre-diabetic, like right on the cusp of type two diabetes. Yeah. I, re- I was able to reverse the signs of type two diabetes. I, um, I was also diagnosed with low testosterone at that time. Um, I was able to reverse that to the point where uh, my endocrinologist had me on a medication and within six months took me off that medication. Um, and and yeah. you, you lost a dramatic amount of weight too, right? Yeah, the first time before I left, I lost uh, somewhere in the ballpark of 75 pounds in about eight months. Yeah. So. Damn. Yeah, so then when I was like, uh, you sent me pictures, this is before I got well, and then he had sent me like a before and after picture. I was like, damn, fella. And so I was like, I'm going to do this keto diet when I get back. and uh, Back from doing your Mexico trip. trip. Yeah. Yep, and so I was in Mexico, and they had a... Um, Oh, like a mental health professional therapist. You getting a phone call, Kyle? Who's calling? Who's calling? Who's calling? One of my sponsees. I'm guessing he's doing a 10-step. Oh, okay. Hello, sponsee. And you're going to text him back and say, I'm podcasting, idiot. Call someone else? Is that what's happening? Close. Okay. I just said I'll call him after. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. And then if he says, oh, I'll just call someone else, then he'll just call someone else for a 10-step. Cool. Sorry about that. I hope he doesn't call me. He'll probably connect the dots if I'm doing a podcast. You are, too. Mm. He's pretty smart. Good. Not an idiot. It's your cousin. Oh, yeah. Then he will connect it. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, and then I got back. Oh, I was in Mexico with the therapist there, and she was helping me research it, and it seemed really complicated, and there's all kinds of recipes and fucking crazy stuff. And then when I got back, uh, Jeff just came over, and he was like, just eat less than 20 grams of carbohydrates a day and eat all these fatty meats. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so that was when you got on keto mm-hmm. and you've been on it pretty, pretty much since you yeah. got sober. Yeah. Yeah. Every, um, every once in a while I'll, I'll go off the rails and I get, and when I go, I go balls out and float out of ketosis, yeah. but then you're back on. Yeah. That's this cool. time I, I was, I fasted this week for four days. I didn't eat any food for four days so that I could get back into ketosis. Cool. Yeah. So what uh what kind of benefits have you experienced what, from, from being ke- a ketogenic diet? Oh, it's well what's what's cool about it is like food doesn't run my life any you know, like I don't know if that makes any sense, but like so I used to always skip breakfast and I was never at a breakfast eater, but then I'd roll into the town that I work into 
like one one thirty, just completely ravished. And um, I'd get, oh man, I used to get hypoglycemic all the time, but because I wouldn't eat, and then I would eat all this shit, and then I would have all these problems. And anyway, I just roll into the A and W and order up a chili cheese fry and a double bacon cheeseburger and smash all of that food, and then I would get like. Oh, almost like not high, but like, I don't know. I'd feel euphoric. Real, yeah, euphoric. And I'd feel really good for a while. And then, uh, and then maybe an hour or so after that, man, I'd hit the dirt again and I'd be ready for that afternoon nap. And now it doesn't matter whether I eat a lot or eat a little bit. I have the, like, uh, it's like a, just a flat line as far as my energy level. And you still take an afternoon nap. I do. Yeah. I take an afternoon nap just about a siesta. Mm-hmm, 20 minutes. Yeah. Now, you lost a decent amount of weight, too, yeah, right? Yeah, I lost about 40 pounds. Yeah. yeah. And then what else do you do besides the diet? Like, I know you swim and bike and run and exercise. Oh. and Yeah. Do you think you would have the energy to do all of that if you weren't on I a don't, diet? I don't see how, man. I mean, I never did before. I mean, maybe I, I mean, there's a lot of people that do. I just think that personally, my body... I don't know about anybody else's, but my body just seems to run best without carbohydrates. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what more and more people are saying. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I mean, obviously, I guess when I was in high school, I did, you know, I was on, you know, swim practices were no, you know, they were pretty intense and I did it on carbohydrates, but it just seems, yeah. I just can't imagine doing it now. I can tell you that. Now, do either of you find it hard to stay disciplined? Because like for me... I, I don't know, I don't talk to Jeff, uh, to you as much about your diet, but Aaron and I talk almost every day, and so I hear a lot about your diet and stuff. I, from an outsider's perspective, it seems easy, but I know that that's probably not true, because like my diet is not disciplined, and I think that would be, if I were to improve in one area, it would be my diet, because I just, I have a hard time being disciplined in that area. So is it easy for you? Do you guys experience it? Is it hard at first and then now it's kind of just normal or what the deal? Do you want to start this one off? Why don't you uh, go? Because Aaron tells about his diet every second of his life. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, it's the, that <laughs> meme. I, no, it's that <laughs> meme about um, it was when Amy was talking about her blood type diet and her very professional yeah. co-worker was like, Amy, nobody gives a fuck about your blood type diet. It's <laughs> yeah. like, Aaron, nobody gives a fuck about your ketogenic diet. I find but it we really, do give a fuck about yours, yeah. Jeff. I find it really interesting. I've just heard your perspective a lot, and we've talked about your diet on the podcast yeah, before. All so. the time. Like every episode. Every so. so just so the listeners are aware, this was not discussed previous to Aaron like saying this at the beginning of the podcast, so I wasn't really prepared to talk about any of this. But Yeah, we didn't know where um, we were going. Yeah, yeah. I would have um, thought we were going to talk about recovery at some point. Well, so here's we the will. thing. We'll get there. Yeah, we're kind of in it. Honestly, it's going to happen right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. like, um, for me, my discipline in regards to my diet is a direct reflection upon my spiritual condition in regards to recovery. Um when like when I first started the keto diet, I was very disciplined for the first few months uh, because I was also at that time kind of going through this spiritual awakening um, as a result of working on a connection with a higher power. And once I got complacent, I started to regress. Mm-hmm. Um, and some things happened in my life. I moved away. I actually got away from the keto diet almost the entire time I was overseas. I would kind of have these fits of 
using sugar to treat my spiritual malady. Mm. And then I would get back on the diet and I would be successful at it for a little while. And as soon as I started to see results, I would let up on that. And Mm -hmm. for me, sugar is almost, it's cool that we can talk about this because we're not affiliated. I like, I've actually got to see my alcoholism unfold around sugar as a result of my lack of spiritual fitness at any given time. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so for me, like when I, I hate to quote, you know, our literature, but there's a line in the four step that talks about when we straighten out spiritually, then we start to straighten out mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. And for me, that really is the truth. When I'm, when I'm seeking spiritual help, I find it much easier to be disciplined mentally, physically, and, you know, on my diet mm-hmm. in particularly or in particular, man, I can't talk. And it's funny that this is the topic today because I'm just coming off of like a week long bender. Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> Getting them Cheetos. Yeah, boy. <laughs> well, and it like it sounds funny, but much like Aaron talked about earlier, when I when I go on a little bender, it like I go all in. Mm-hmm. It's I don't even want to talk on like on this about what what happens, but. As an example, a lot of this has to do with the way your body actually stores carbohydrates. Um, As your body stores carbohydrates, it also stores water with those carbohydrates. So, like, in in a week, (laughs) I've gained 14 pounds. Good work. (laughs) Like, that's a substantial amount of weight to gain or lose in a week. Right. Right. But as a result of not eating sugar for a long time and then eating sugar to where my body starts to store the water with the carbohydrate. So for every gram of glucose that your body stores, it actually stores two grams of water. So two thirds of that is water weight. Mm -hmm. Um, And Aaron can attest to this. Anyone that's done the keto diet, like when you cheat, you feel really bloated because your body just starts like storing all this water and stuff. And, um, so a lot of that weight is water. It will take two or three days for me to start getting back into ketosis and I'll just end up peeing like a billion times a day and lose like a large part of that weight very quickly. But, um, yeah, that's just the way I roll. Like when I'm not spiritually fit, I have a lot of stress going on in my life right now around school and some other things. And instead of seeking spiritual help to relieve that stress, I look toward the easy thing, much like I did with alcohol and drugs in the past. It's right. like, I can eat my way out of this. And unfortunately, it yields the opposite result quite often. Yeah. <laughs> Do you come out of it? Because like what I think of is just... Um a firm resolution to do it different, right? Like, that's what I, like, when even me, and I'm not on a disciplined diet, I try to eat healthy, and, like, I I order food from a plate, like, I get weekly meals from a place that has, like, all fresh ingredients and stuff. And But even me, when I go off the deep end eating, then, like, I come out of it, and I'm like, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to be better. And it's just like drinking. Like, is that a similar experience, or do you think that it's just anyone on the keto diet would probably splurge pretty heavily or is that do you think that's unique to to those of us that struggle with so and this is pure speculation of course so i out of your experience but 
I think that's a hard question to answer because everybody's body is a little bit different, right? And a lot of the people I know that have gone on to a keto diet and have stayed strict on it for any amount of time usually do it because our metabolisms are already deranged. Mm -hmm. Like I have a deranged metabolism, which is why I was getting to the point of potentially having diabetes. Um, And I think a lot of that has to do with being much like alcoholism and addiction. It has to be, it has to do with being bodily and mentally different from our fellows. Mm -hmm. Right? Like I react differently to sugar than other people I know. I know people that like, they love bread, but they hate sweets, mm-hmm. right? And if I eat a piece of bread, I guarantee you, like, I'm going to go off the deep end and I'm going to be smashing some ice cream and some brownies, like, because sugar affects, <clears throat> you know, there's been medical studies that talk about the effects of sugar on the brain, and it really does set off a lot of the same synapses as cocaine or heroin, right? Right. And for me, that's that's really what happens. Like, I get a little bit, and it creates this sense of ease and comfort and then, much like alcoholism, I developed this thing called the phenomenon of craving. Like, right. I don't know what it is, but once I have a little bit, like, I don't know where it's going to end up. Right. So. Yeah. I find heroin much more satisfying than bread. What about sugar? <laughs> also. Yeah. <laughs> heroin See, is much more satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you guys, um, is there a, a lot of... Um, like remorse or guilt that comes from going off on a bender or is it just kind of like, eh, it is what it is. I've been pretty good for the last couple of years. So one weekend of like, I know for my, when, I, when my birthday was going on, Aaron was in the midst of a bender, but we yeah. were just kind of laughing and joking about it. But is there like an underlying uncomfortable, like disappointed beating yourself up mentality or is it more so like, I'm just going to get back on the wagon? I, I do both. Like, um, if I haven't gone off for a while, I'm just like, ah, oh, that's all right. It's just, uh, you know, part of it. I'm just going to every now and again go off the rails and it's not that big a deal. But then if that sort of starts to repeat itself, then I'm like, ooh, you know, it's more like when I'm not, if I, if I, um, I guess, am, oh, give, give myself the okay to go off the rails, then I, then I'm okay with it. Right. But when it starts happening and I'm like, man, I've made those firm resolutions that you were talking about and mm-hmm. I blow through those then it starts to um, be concerning. Yeah, but like Jeff was talking about, like when he when he does his multi-day fast, um, he was saying, you know, that usually when he eats again, he's um, disappointed because, you know, for whatever reason, if he'd set his sights further and stuff. And um, I got through four days, and I had hoped to make it five days without eating, and I got to four days, and all the food wasn't um, as satisfying as I thought it was going to be. Um, I was not unhappy that I ate. I mm-hmm. was like... I like this. Food is yummy. Yeah. But I don't know. But you've sort of had a different experience, right? Or is it... Do you beat yourself up when you cheat? Yes. And yeah. not all the time. There is the occasional time where I'm like, hey, it's a... <clears throat> you know, like there's some sort of celebration going on. And I'll cheat. And sometimes I can do it for just one meal, which is no big deal. The problem comes is when it's like, all right, I've been doing good, so I'm going to do this one meal, and it turns into a week-long bender. Yeah. Uh, um, When I – so I guess just to kind of illustrate it, (laughs) originally when I did this, I dropped 75 pounds, and I moved away, 
And in the two years I was there, I gained and lost like 60 pounds of that weight, like back and then lost some and just like yo-yoed back and forth and back and forth. And when, so when I got back to the U S, um, I was, I don't know about, I'd gained essentially like 60 of the 75 back. Uh, and from July until, <laughs> so July 1st, I started back on keto and from July to the beginning of October, I had lost 35 pounds. Wow. Right. And so in the last week and a half, I've also gained about 15 of that back. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, that's, yeah, like there's a lot of remorse in that because I work very hard to, to stay on track and, and do these good things. And what's funny about it is when I'm not eating carbs, I feel amazing. I'm sure Aaron can attest to this. It, it again, it seems so counterintuitive, but when I'm in ketosis, it's amazing like how I feel mentally and physically, right? My body just seems to to work better without carbohydrates, but it's, again... To relate it to recovery, I have this mental obsession that occurs, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I can have some ice cream. I've been doing good. And then that turns into this like week-long spree of madness because, again, I think my body reacts differently to sugar than a lot of people's do. Mm-hmm. And and so, like I said, I've, I've seen my alcoholism unfold around carbohydrates over the last two years, um, which helps me understand in, intellectually that I'm bodily and mentally different from my fellows. The problem is it's a lot harder, I think, to reach that level of desperation to to fully surrender to that idea right. than it was for alcoholism. Yeah, I would think so. Like, I've been fortunate that since the day I came into a 12-step program, I haven't had to leave around alcohol. <laughs> but you know, that malady manifests in a lot of different ways. And for me, carbohydrates have been that, um, from the time I came into recovery until that day, a few years ago, um, when I hit that point where I knew I had to change the way I was living, I had gained a hundred pounds because sugar became the way that I treated Mm -hmm. the spiritual malady. And I don't like, that may not make sense to a lot of people, but I think there's a lot of people also that might, might identify with right that, so. for lesser terms just substituting one thing for another yeah. essentially and in that yeah i get it i was going to ask you because we you know jeff had talked about you know what led to all of this originally was being spiritually disconnected and and um you know we've had other guests talk about you know when we use the term untreated alcoholism and that maybe means like uh, our book, you know, talks about getting down to causes and conditions and the mm-hmm. root of the things and the things that underlie um, our internal condition that drives all of our behavior is that internal condition. And if, you know, we're not treating that, then it, that, for lack of a better term, my ad- alcoholism or my addiction might manifest in my life in various ways. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, J- Jeff laid it out how it, how it happens for him. And, you know, I talked... I don't know, a few months ago, I got the, the the racing brain, man, the monkey brain, when I couldn't make simple decisions, and it was honestly a little bit scary, and I did not like it, um, you know, and, and fortunately, that's, you know, being worked out, but, and you, I know you've talked about having that experience early in your recovery, you know, in four months, like, prior to getting into the work, mm-hmm. 
but um, you know, when I see you and I talk to you, you seem pretty even keel these days, and I'm wondering if that's just um, you, you seem to be able to avoid a lot of these ups and downs. Is it just because, uh, or do you ever suffer from bouts of untreated alcoholism, or was your um, original bouts with that enough to motivate you to not have to experience those things. Kyle's a spiritual giant. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you so much better than us? I think is what I'm, is that what I'm trying to say? I, I think so. Like, yeah. how is it that you and God have a direct connection? Yeah. How, come you, how come you got it and we're over here no. like a bunch of chuckleheads? Not even close. Um, <laughs> I've reached, I think one thing that I do is I internalize a lot of stuff. Okay. And um, and I guess... What does that look like? To, to answer your question, I would say in the last... I don't know how to say this without making it sound like I'm... A spiritual giant? Well, or, or just patting myself on the back because I don't believe that's the case. But like in the last year and a half or so, I really haven't yeah. had much... No, that's a good thing. Right. But I, that's come from multiple times of being in a place of desperation yeah, and like I understanding for me, like my points of desperation, like internalizing stuff would be like, um, Megan and I get in a disagreement and I just shut down. I stop talking. I don't tell anyone about it. It just like bury that sucker down. And so like, I'll just kind of use that stuff. And then what happens is like, I'll chew on it and just like use that as fuel to, Pretty much make myself feel less than. That's okay. generally what I do. Um, but I guess, like, for me, that that happens enough, whether it's at work or with my family or with Megan or with AA or whatever it is. And um, I eventually get to a point, like, my points of desperation are generally pretty bleak, just like I think most people's are. But my mind generally starts thinking about me dying. Mm-hmm. Um, like driving over a bridge and just thinking like, what would happen if I just drove off the bridge? Okay. Like really weird, yeah. dark stuff. And um, that happens a lot. And then I go, like in the past, that would be like a reoccurring theme where like I'm thinking about dying a lot. Uh-huh. And then I get that, I don't know what it is, if it's I believe it's like God inspired thought of like, dude, you're, you got to do something different. And like, I I never, I think looking at it, I never know how close I am to, to drinking again or, or offing myself until I get away from it. Yeah. Cause it's like for a while, it just kind of seems like that's what my life is like, but it's almost like that life's become the only normal one. Yes. And so then, then when I get away from it, I can look back and be like, Jesus, that was, that was terrifying, you know? And, um, so today I share about this quite regularly um, of just like, I don't want to be in that place anymore. I don't like living that life. So the suggestions of, of like a spiritual way of life have just become easier for me to, to do. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, yeah. and over the last year, 18 months or so, like, don't get me wrong. Like Megan and I still have disagreements and I still struggle with work and stuff, but like, Generally, my my thought process goes towards grasping something mm-hmm. like out of our out of our solution today. Like you find it, you find it a little bit easier today to do what's suggested. Yeah, yeah. Then, then like in the past, where I used to kind of butt heads with like, well, I think I can figure it out 
oh, my way's going to... And don't get me wrong, I still fucking fall short, you know, but, like, last week we were talking about how great uh, work is and how it's awesome to practice spiritual principles at work, and two days later I had to call Aaron to do a 10-step about work because, like, everything's easy until it's not easy, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, like, for me, my... um, I can't pinpoint like one thing that like sends me over the edge or whatever. Mine is more of just like I slowly manifest in my life and I stop going to the gym. I start eating worse. I stop going to as many meetings when a sponsee goes out or changes sponsors or something. I don't actively try to find someone new. I kind of end up like just slowly and whittling myself away into a point where I'm like, okay, I'm not working with anyone. I'm not participating in in a 12-step program really at all. I'm not going to the gym. I go to work. I go home. I watch TV. I don't do anything else. Megan and I are fighting a lot. I'm not talking to... You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what happened? I don't know. (laughs) And it's like this slow whittle away into where I need help again. So I don't know if I answered anything you asked. Yeah, you did. You answered it all, Kyle. But that's... Today, I just try to stay doing it. So if... uh, if a sponsee leaves, I'm back at the treatment center. If if I have a spare moment, I'm trying to do something. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like a little bit easier today than it than it has been in the past to do that stuff. When I got back and I went through the work, I was like, because we know lots of people in, in the fellowship that go through it once and then they're um, that's and then that's it and that's the only time. And I was like, I was de- I was determined to to have that I was like I'm just <laughs> I really I was like I think I probably overdid it last time <laughs> and overanalyzed things and then uh, and then probably a year and a half in I was becoming increasingly uh, just uncomfortable again and like things were bothering me that I knew were that it was weird that they were bothering me because they hadn't been bought and I was starting to like sweat the little shit again and so I was like well I had a plan and I was going to do this and if I true this and then if I I'm going to get all of these things in order and then I'm going to go talk to my sponsor and lay out my game plan for him (laughs) and then the thought occurred to me why don't you just go talk to him (laughs) and I was like all right and so then I went and did that and he's like yeah it's time to write inventory yeah okay so but I was bound and determined to only have to go through it once yeah, I wish that that was a real thing. Like, I, I spent two hours yesterday writing inventory again because I'm going through the work again. And I'm not even in a place of, like, really a lot of pain or anything. Like, I'm just, I'm going through the work again because my sponsor suggested it. We were talking about the way he's been through the work. And and it's, like, a way different perspective than the way I've been through the work. It's still the same thing. It still comes out of the same book. But, like it's different. And so I was like, all right, yeah, I'll go through it. And so now I'm writing inventory again. And I don't know, it's different. And my, my problems are a lot easier to, they're not so horrifying. I'm not like facing criminal charges and being sued and like could potentially lose my job and all of these huge things. Like today it's like, I'm resentful at the guy at work because he fucking, he tries to get involved in my business. <laughs> it's like that's that's where my resentments sit today, but they're still there, and I they drive my behavior still. Yeah. So, yeah. I was just gonna ask because I am also 
Yeah, I, you're going through the work too. Yeah. We're at the same spot. Today was my day to sit down and start writing, and I'm trying to think of ways I don't. Well, that's why you're lethargic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm giving just, yourself excuses. Yeah. And so I was just going to ask have, have you written inventory recently or no? Because I'm just, I'm like, a, you know, when we sit down together and he's like, you know, because we meet every other week and he's like, you know, um, basically says, I think when we meet again, it, it pro- it'd probably be cool if you had this resentment inventory written. And I was like, oh, I'll have the whole thing done. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll have all of it done. And here I am. And I'm like, Mm, you know, I'm usually most clear in the mornings. I should probably write in the mornings before I get up for work, right? And I start telling myself all the excuses why I shouldn't do it. And so it's like this thing where I've got the solution in front of me. I know what it's at. I know that when I do that, um, things become clear, a little more clear, a little more peaceful. And I I don't sweat, you know, I'm able to hear intuitive thought, but yet here I am like, um... It'll probably come down to the last minute. <laughs> I don't know. What's your thing when you're like, what? what no. I'm in desperate need of needing to write inventory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is probably why I also went on this week long bender and I've been staying busy. Like, I started going back to school. I'm. I started off the semester with 13 credit hours. I'm now at 16 credit hours. I just signed up for the next semester at 18 credit hours <laughs> on top of working a full-time job. Um, yeah, like I really need to do inventory, but I have all these excuses, right? Like there's there's one person I've actually considered asking to take me through the work in town, and I haven't seen that person in like a month, and every time we try to meet up, something comes up where it never happens. And there's another guy who... we all know um, who I would love to do the work with. The problem is that he is now my employer Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure that that's really (laughs) some, some things I want to cross over. Um, So I'm just in this place where I I don't know who to ask because pride kind of gets in the way of Mm -hmm. some things and for doing the work the way I know the three of us are used to there, there aren't a lot of options. Right. So I'm just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Especially when, like, um, Jeff, you've had a pretty, whether you want to admit it or you're going to brush it off, you've had a pretty substantial impact on a lot of recovery that goes on, especially around, like, our group of people. I would think it would be hard to find someone that's, like, just in my own mind, like, worthy, you know? And that's, like, for me, it's like I... I don't know. I, w- I could imagine that would be a challenge to just be like, "Hey, I gotta go through the work. Will you take me through it?" And yeah, yeah. So there's some some pride and ego that is preventing that. And like I said, there's there's one person in town that keeps coming to mind, and unfortunately, it just hasn't worked out to where we can meet up. And maybe I should take that as a sign to not rely on on that person. Um, you know, and, and again, I'm busy. Like I came back, I'm working with three different people. Um, <laughs> so I work 40 hours a week. I have school four hours a day, four nights a week. Uh, like, and then the weekends now have been essentially reserved for homework. So mm-hmm. I like, I, I'm not good at being busy. Not only am I undisciplined, but I'm also really lazy. <laughs> like I would rather not do all these things. Right. Um, yeah, and so just trying to get everything to work out. And instead of 
I don't know if you guys can relate to this. I'm sure you can. Instead of getting deeper into prayer and meditation and asking for guidance, I try to figure out how to make things work. And mm-hmm. the more I do that, the more the more excuses I can come up with and the farther away from <laughs> any semblance of a real solution I get. And then to bring it back to the original discussion of topic, like I end up going ham on some sugar because that's going to make everything better. And then, right. You know, a week later, I'm I'm at this place where a nothing has gotten better. The stress has gotten worse because now like, you're adding another problem on top of all of your other stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, and I have like next week I have two very large exams to take. Um, yeah, just the problems just have compounded rather than relaxing, taking it easy, and asking for some guidance. I think I can fix it, and then I just make things worse. Mm-hmm. So, like, prior to getting uh, my new sponsor, I was going through this thing where when I was starting to get wonky in the head, like, what I began to do is assert myself more, and I'm, like, train more, get more strict on my diet, get more restrictive on my diet, like, do all of these things, and basically just exhort myself more, right? Like, if I just, you know, work really hard, man, then, then things are going to eventually work themselves out and then that's not that's not what was needed what yeah. was really needed was i just needed to get back to a spiritual solution for yeah. that which <laughs> ailed me and that sounds like what you're experiencing now why do you think that is though why do you what do you think it is that prevents you from doing the thing that will heal you I have no idea. Okay. And if I could figure out the answer to that, I would solve all of my problems. <laughs> exactly. okay. That's uh, where the wheel spin is. Like, I'm going to figure out what's it, what's wrong. Yeah, I truly believe that's just the manifestation of self. Yeah, I would. That's the thing inside of me that keeps me separate from that spiritual connection. And it shows up in ways I can't really explain. So it's just self-reliance. Yes. Do you and know the answer to your question? Self-will run riot? Is what you're experiencing? Yes. Oh, okay. And do you know the answer to the question? Uh-uh. Oh, I was hoping you were going to enlighten us. No, yeah. I was just. No, I don't. I just was. A, <laughs> I just was asking you to know because this is, you know, we do this. We go through, and this happens. And yeah, I think it's just the spiritual malady that we all suffer from. It's just like the solution is a spiritual way of life, yet me on my own that's not a solution you know what i mean like i can even still today i sometimes have a hard time connecting the dots that that's the solution to my problem and like i think that might be just the human condition and everybody suffers from that because it's hard to balance out the spiritual world with my real physical life but um i think for me like it's just an extreme part of that and then i'll take it to the uh to the to the limits of not being able to like, I just see other people, and I know other people struggle just as much as I do, but it's, I'm like, they just get it. They have this, some people, you know what I mean? They have the innate ability to just, like, know that the solution is a spiritual one, and they don't have to try harder to, to make things better. You know what, I, I've just, I know people like that in different instances, and I'm just like, how did you learn that, and how do I learn that, and why do I continue to not apply that when things get hard? Like, Have you ever... Go ahead. Oh. It, it's funny, like, when you're talking about that, I was thinking six weeks ago, had you talked to me? Like, 
I, I was in the midst of this crazy spiritual experience mm-hmm. and actually at the point where I was able to in- intellectualize it and see that these things were happening in my life. And here I am like six weeks later yeah. and I'm back to self-reliance knowing that the spiritual solution <laughs> is what got me to where I'm at. And yet today I'm just an extreme example of self-overrun right in my life. And as a result, everything is just mayhem right now. Yeah. Have you tried just drinking like a gentleman? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. What I was going to say when you were talking, Aaron, was when Aaron was going through his self-exertion just a few months ago, he told me, I'm pretty much convinced that anything that's going wrong is a dietary problem. (laughs) And that was when I told Megan, I was like, I think Aaron is struggling more than I I think he knows. Because I was like, dude... I was thinking there's probably a spiritual solution and you're thinking there's a diet solution. Yeah. And I'm like, I just got to do this better. I'm going to switch diets. I'm going to do this. I'm working out twice as hard as I was. And I was just like, Facebook, remember? I was yeah. like, Facebook's <laughs> influencing my mind. Yeah. Dude, I was just like, yeah. And then I think you even told your wife that. Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, God, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I get it, though. I get it. But, like, but it's, that's, for me, it's like, it's the same thing. It's like, if I could just fix my work problems... Yeah. Everything's great. If my a diet problem, a work problem, a relationship problem, it's easy to just like pinpoint that. And if that was fixed or better, shit's great. All would be grand. Everyone would be happy, including me. You know? Yeah. And Everything would be Kyotopia. Exactly. And it's <laughs> like it doesn't no matter how much that thought comes. And I think the the delusion for me is that like I've got the ability to do it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like in the midst of going through the problem and suffering from it, I my thinking is like, I think I can still get my way out of this. I think that's it. That's the delusion. That's yeah. right. That's And it says so that, that we can rest satisfaction if we manage well. Right. And like, and I just, I don't see things clearly. My thinking becomes diluted because if I look at my lifelong experiences, um, I wanted to be a certain type of person and, and poured myself, you know, to varying degrees into being that person. And I always came up short. And it was only after I found this spiritual solution that I had the power to um, com- uh, to be on a very restrictive diet, that I had the power to go work out on a consistent basis, right. that I had the power and energy to get up and, and, ha- and maintain a home the way that I had wanted to. Like, those are things that I'd wanted for a long time, but I lacked, you know, lack, lack of power, right? That was the problem that I had in those things. And so then when that, when I go through the work and I tap into the power and I, you know, I get this life, well, then it's easy for me to get deluded as to how that happened. Yes. And I think so then when the next set of hurdles and their life goals come along, I think, well, I just must have really buckled down and became disciplined. And I forget that I tapped into a power source much greater than myself. And the answer is then to not do more, but do is, less. Yes, <laughs> is to take spiritual action. Yes. Yeah. So this this thought that has come to mind quite often recently, um, our friend, we have a friend that used to live in Denver, now lives on the East Coast. Uh, she was talking about this at a conference one point in time. So our literature, a lot of people. A lot of people in our fellowship talk about doing the next right thing, right? And I've, I've yet to ever find that in our literature, but what I have read is that it says, be what God would have us be, right? And that's the hard thing for me is because I get these gifts and I think it's a result of the actions that I've taken. 
and not just being what God would have me be at any given moment in time, mm-hmm. right? So I just, I'm, I'm constantly trying to work my way into the what I believe is the next right thing. Mm. And unfortunately, if I knew what the next right thing was, I wouldn't need to be here. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I just find myself struggling harder and harder to do the next thing that I think I should be doing rather than just being what I should be at any moment in time and having those answers revealed. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Aaron was talking about, like I tap into that power and the guidance is there. And as soon as I start doing the things I think I should be doing, the farther I get from that guidance and that connection. Right. Well, and I think I used to talk about this a lot in early recovery of like, it's really hard to know what's like God's will and my will because like they look alike sometimes (laughs) in a good way. And then sometimes it's like, I think this is what God would have me be is, a six-figure hardworking guy that's just cleaning up and you know and then like they blend together and then I'm working towards what I want and I don't even know that that I'm working towards what I want and not what God would have me be and the beautiful thing about that in the 11th step it talks about how our line our will starts to align with God's will. Yes. it never says that like God's just gonna call me up on the phone and be like hey man this is what I need you to do today right Right, but as as I tap into that power and I get farther and farther away from the idea of self, my will and God's will start to align. Yes, and I change. It's not yeah. like God's will changed, I don't think. Like, I changed. Like, I'm shifting into looking at things from a different angle and being more spiritual and starting to understand and get direction and, mm-hmm. and receive that direction and then have courage to follow through with it. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm the thing that changes. Mm-hmm. And then what I've found, like what we're talking about today is when I regress. And you used to say that all the time. Like I'm either going forward or I'm regressing. I'm never like in neutral. No, there's, for me, there is no such thing as complacency. Yeah. I'm either growing or I'm regressing. Exactly. What say you, Kunu? Um, I had listened to a podcast because that's what I do all day. And, uh, I'm glad you're back to listening to podcasts, by the way. When you were just listening to music, I was so bored with you. Yeah, I'd be like, dude, did you hear that? And he's like, no, nah, man, I can't listen to anything besides music. <laughs> I was like, half of our conversations are about what the shit we're listening to uh, and what we heard. It was the worst, man. I just couldn't concentrate. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was so bad. Well, I'm glad you're it. back on it. Um, but this Navy SEAL had uh, what he was talking about was changing the dialogue of what he had to do when he got out of the Navy was change his dialogue from what he wanted to do to what he wanted to be. What he wanted to do was a useless, futile, futile question, and he had to change the entire way he looked at life and into what he would want to be in life rather than what he would want to do, and that was like the, the change in thinking that led him down his retirement path to what he's doing now. Wow. I just thought it was... You know. See stuff like that. I'm like, where does, where does that guy innately get that direction yeah. from? Like, how does he get that direction without going through a 12 step program and having his life in fucking shambles? Before he did he have was, his life in shambles. He yeah. hit his breaking point, and uh, you know, those are you know. That's uh, why I love those stories. Yeah, those are you know uh, just the, some of the mentally toughest people on earth, like Goggins and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that have made it through. Anybody that can make it through buds and 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 all the deployments that he went through, but he had just hit this point where he experienced a lot of loss, and it sounded like some you know traumatic events. I don't know. I don't know if he used the term PTSD, so I don't want to say that. But was uh, this the Dakota dude? 
the decoder guy on the Rogan experience. I don't think it's, oh, no, no. And, um, and basically he, at one point, uh, you know, thought about committing suicide and it sort of, it rattled him to the core and, and then he ended up taking a, a, um, a job at the Naval Academy and then he was helping teach kids and he like had to look at the way that I, that he was, you know, that what what lessons was he giving them that were going to be useful outside of the stuff that they're already learning? Mm. And he talked about creating a space for them to talk about these things, and uh, and sounded like he really opened it up to this other side of things and the mental stuff that goes from this. But it sounded like it only happened after he had that um, what we would call the jumping off place, where he had commit, you know, considered taking his own life yeah. as being his best option. So that's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. I struggle sometimes. You guys know I'm a podcast junkie. Sometimes I have this this huge struggle though with listening to these very motivational people like Goggins or Jocko or these people that have the best intentions and want to motivate people, but I always fall short, and then I just get harder on myself. Mm. Right? Like I want to. I listen to Goggins. I want to go out and run a marathon, and then I'm like two blocks in and I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> and then I hate myself because I can't. Right. Like, yeah. It's, you know, like he had a heart attack or whatever and then finished off a 250 mile race. Or, like I can't go out and hammer out five miles without hating myself. So. Yeah. I, I think I experienced that cause I was listening to his book when I started the triathlon training and like uh, when I just overtrained so bad and then got sick and then hit the dirt and then couldn't get out of bed and then could not get started training again. And it was really depressing. And like the more I didn't train, the worse it got. And, um, and it all turned into this huge mountain. And am I ever, am I even going to do this stupid triathlon now? And I've already told too many people now I have to do it. And, and then eventually the answer was just getting up and exercising today though. Like it's always is just getting back to yeah. doing the thing that, it, you know, right. Like, what can I do right now? Like you talked about when you started with your sponsor with now and you had some um, amends that you weren't necessarily willing to make. And all he asked you was like, what, which one of these can you do today? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause I turned it into that same thing, man. And I'm like on, if I can't be the best, I don't want to do it. My yeah. sights are set here. I yeah. fall short of it. I'm a piece. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's I think the spiritual progress though that like that that like Goggins has learned and also Goggins is a fucking physical specimen. You know what but I mean? But he hasn't always been that way. Right. That's the thing. B- but he kind of has been in one way or another. Like even when he was uh like he the reason why he was so heavy and so big was cuz he was power lifting and like doing all of this stuff like he's genetically gifted and then has the mind that's stronger than like anybody i know but the mind part is what he's worked on you know what i mean yeah does that make sense yeah but i i i think his spiritual lesson is like just do the thing today you know what i mean like he talks about it all the time like the first time he ran like in his book the first time he went out running and he was dead set to lose weight, he had his goal on like, I was going to run two miles that day. And he ran like, uh-huh. yeah, two blocks down and was dead. And was, I'm done and went and pounded a box of donuts and was like, I'm done. I fucking quit. Yeah. Donuts and a milkshake. It's like, I'm done. And then 
three months later, he'd lost 80 pounds and made it into buds, you know? Mm. So I don't know. It's crazy. His book's great, by the way. What's it called again? Can't Hurt Me. Can't Hurt Me. It's a great book. But but the thing I think, like, what you're talking about that, that, that it really helped me as far as not beating myself up over shit wasn't the 12-step stuff. Some of it was, but I think a lot of that was the um, the trauma therapy, the MDR. Treating uh, yourself better. Yeah, because... Yeah. Um, I just got to go back. The you know way I do it, and it's different with every one of her clients. She's mm-hmm. got a bunch of techniques, but I would like um, do whatever what are called these um, corrections, in which um, maybe I would take an experience that happened that I still have a negative view of in my mind, and then I would essentially go back and replay it, and then talk to myself the way I would have liked to have been talked to in that situation. And uh, I just don't talk to myself that way anymore, the way I used to. Because, man, we used to see so eye-to-eye on this man, and we'd have all of these conversations, and I used to just beat myself up so bad. And I just am not that hard on myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's okay. It's okay. And, like, today, honestly, the thought gets replaced a lot when I fall short of it is, like, this is an opportunity to grow. Or when things are hard, it's like, you know, this is an opportunity to, you know, persevere. And it's okay It's okay to fail. Like, this. And like another one of those podcasts, um, the guy was talking about, it was the one with the Latrell brothers, but he was like, okay, so you guys see this, these, these bookends of success, this is, or, or, or these bullet points of success, this is all littered with failure in between all of these things. And so I just have understood like the most successful people in the world have just experienced a ton of failure in their life. And mm-hmm. so that that's just part of my deal now. Like I've come to accept that these days. I don't know, but I think the trauma stuff helped a lot with that. Like I've never heard anyone that's successful talk about just being successful without failing. Yeah. The difference is the way that I react to failure yeah. versus the way they do. And yeah, that's yeah, where it's yeah, at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, I used to talk to you a lot about chosen ideals of perfection. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way I live my life is that I think I want to go from point A to point Z and not do anything in between. Yeah. Right? And as I start to experience those failures, I get harder and harder on myself to the point where at some at some time I'm just like, man, why even bother? Right. And that's gotten better over the years, but it's, you know, it's the new things like going out. When I first moved back, I was trying to start running all the time, right? And I would mm-hmm. go out and I would push myself beyond – I think really like physically what I was able to do and I got this injury and as a result, I just stopped going out and running, right? It wasn't like, oh, I'll just try to like get back into it. I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And here I am today, like I went out and I bought all this gear and you know, like the way we do it. Yeah. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> and I haven't run since I hurt my knee. Right. Like, um, yeah. So sometimes I listen to those guys that are overly, as much as I hate to say successful, but those guys that are just extreme specimens of, of motivation, mm-hmm. I listen to them and then I'm just like, ah, maybe I need to try this therapy thing. I've thought about it. I just got to figure out when to make time for it. Yeah, but, it's great. Well, I think the best thing, sorry, before, I think the best thing that I got out of trauma therapy is exactly what you were talking about, is I just, my internal dialogue to myself is so much better than it used to be. And I still like beat myself up quite a bit but um it is nowhere near how i used to treat myself like just internal dialogue you fucked up you're such a piece of shit you're a failure you way to go why even try what are you even doing like most of that is 
it's not like I'm in there like, you're fucking great, man. You're just killing it. You're a beast. You're a lion. You know, yeah. that's a whole nother, that's Goggins level. <laughs> where Who's going to carry the boats? It's just fucking <laughs> insane. Mine is more just quieted down where like I don't use every single thing in my past to use it as ammunition to just kick the living shit out of myself all the time. That's probably the greatest thing I've gotten out of trauma therapy. The story was with um, oh that bow hunter when he was on Rogan and yeah. he was talking about training with Goggins and <laughs> he had his partner up there filming or whatever and he's like Goggins ran by he was just screaming you think they know they don't know me yeah. they don't know me <laughs> he's yeah. just like who is he talking to he's like nobody yeah but yeah so mine's not like that either mine's like so I do the same thing though we, we follow it's weird to say we we have a shared Instagram yeah. account it's <laughs> like a married couple yeah. Yeah. we. <laughs> Like Kyle and Aaron's yeah. Instagram, <laughs> yeah. Facebook page, but uh, but uh, we follow Jocko on Instagram, and it's and that that fucking guy doesn't miss a day at the gym, and I haven't been since last Monday, mm-hmm. and I mean it's been eight days or whatever, and um, and uh, I, I look at his stupid watch every day, and I'm like, I'm not gonna miss one more training day. I yeah. tell myself, this I'm not gonna miss one more, and then uh, I haven't been in like eight days. But the difference now is honestly, I'm like, yeah, I'll get after it again. And I know I will. Yeah. Right. And so that's the difference because when I did the thing, like, oh, I used to miss a turn at work. If I missed a house at work, mm-hmm. I'm like, you idiot. God damn it. Now you got to turn around. You're such an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I lose my shit over making a simple mistake at work. And now it's just like, whoops. Yeah. Turn around. I don't think anything about it anymore. I don't think anything about it i just turn around i think yeah i think that's where the most peace has come over the last year or so for me it's just like internal shit you know what i mean yeah most of my exterior life is for the most part pretty healthy today like people that aren't healthy aren't really in my life anymore and i mean like healthy relationships and stuff Mm -hmm. like but what my internal relationship with myself was very unhealthy and that's kind of cleaned itself up too over because of trauma therapy yeah all of it. Yeah, like in combination yeah. with, I think this podcast has done a lot to make me feel more comfortable in my own skin and stuff. And yeah, there's just a lot of it. So it's good. And I was, I ran, I was at the gym yesterday morning running and I was saying in my head, who's going to carry the bones? Because <laughs> I was laughing. That's my favorite Goggins story. I was just, the funny when he um, got back in the race, the comments on the Instagram were, oh, shit, Goggins is back on the log. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, God, I love that guy. Yeah. We're over an hour in, boys. All right. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I'm glad the, I'm glad this where this went. Like, it, you know, it's always tough at the beginning, but I really feel good. I thought it was great. Yeah, I feel good about it. You got anything else you want to add? No, thanks for having me on. Thanks for talking and being open and vulnerable and sharing your life and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're on here quite a bit, so I think that our, our, I guess we have fans, dude. We have quite a bit of people that listen. We have, I guess, our fans. They get to your mom and my wife. Yeah, <laughs> they get to know you more and more. So thanks for talking and being open and sharing your shit with us. It's much appreciated. Thanks for having me on and not making me feel so guilty about being gone last weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told, I text Jeff. I was like, do you want to be on the podcast? It's our 50th episode. He's like, today? I was like, yeah. He's like, Dude, 
I have a lot of fun Casper. I was like, well, thanks, dude. Thanks a lot. Maybe we'll try again. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a we have an email. It's recoveredafpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Oh man, we we got some guests coming up. I'm pretty sure, and maybe even some really out of the out of the ordinary guests that you wouldn't think would be on a podcast like this. Yes, and then we have an Instagram page. Yeah, we do. It's Recovered AF Podcast. You can check yeah. it out. It's we, pretty sweet. We post mostly pictures of what Aaron and I are doing in our lives. Kyle um, posts mostly. My Facebook page is on point. I'm just gonna yeah. Say that. <laughs> I did, yeah, I don't have one, so I we do post on Instagram. So uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, we'll have another one out next week.